0: Offers and contact. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Oh boy. All right. I think we're good. I mean, oh are, are this fans going to stay up for this one? Or did they put a movie on by this? Uh, are they, they got Netflix on going right now? For the Southern fans that are still out there, I mean, we still have a show tonight.
1: Did you just say we're good? We're the opposite yeah. of good. We are the opposite
0: of this good. This is bad. This is very, <laughs> no, very I bad. I guess I meant we're live, right? We're live. This is post postgame yeah. show. See on media. This other place so bad that uh, I think John quit. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe he right.
1: He wasn't going to
0: be here, right? Dude. But, you know, it's the three-man three man crew, three-man show. Joseph Pavone, Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning. Jimmy, I'll let you come in hot. What you got here? You're already coming in hot. Go ahead.
1: I'm going to say, first of all, nobody's more upset that he couldn't be here tonight than John. This is like John's Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like this, 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 this this performance, this game, this is where John would would be grinning from ear to ear, coming out flying and just ripping the team from top to bottom as they should be. I mean, when you consider the fact that, you know, Danny Ainge is going, you know, all over the place, you know, defending, defending Brad and, you know, all this about the team, and then Wick goes on the radio today, and you know takes a couple bullets, and you know d- defends the team and defends the coach, and pretty much defends everybody. And then the team goes out there and says, "Hey, thanks, Wick. We're just gonna go ahead and like sleepwalk up and down the court here. We're, we're not gonna keep
0: play doing defense. the same thing. We're just gonna keep doing the same. That's, <laughs> That's even worse.
1: We're gonna let Dan, we're gonna let Daniel Gallinari, excuse me, excuse me, go off for a hundred points and just automatic. The guy's taken." 44 three-pointers, you know, respect to Gallinari, man. This guy's been in the league for a long time, just kind of cruising along. I feel like he's always got a wild contract, and he's just always under – like pretty much like underperforms for the most part. But sure enough, leave it to the Celtics to let this guy completely go off as they just do now. No matter who the team is, somebody's going off on them, and it was Gallinari tonight.
0: Yeah, it's open season on these guys, right, Bobby?
2: Yeah, and that, that's about the last guy. We talked about uh, Jalen Brunson last game being the random figure who dropped a big game against the Celtics, and he wasn't a 30-plus point scorer tonight. They've had eight of those in a row against them. Uh, but for Gallinari to be that guy, and not just a minor one like, oh, he went off tonight, you know, he did, he did way more than sure. he usually does. For him to be the featured presence, you know, 8-8 eight, eight out of the gate, 38 on the game. That had to be about as many threes as any single player has hit against the Celtics in NBA history. Never mind the Hawks NBA doing it as tonight.
0: Yeah, that's uh, right. So the Hawks, hit, uh, the, the Celtics once again on the wrong end of history, right, guys? You know, <laughs> the other end. Uh, what, what is it? What is it? 23 three pointers. Uh, the, the Atlanta Hawks. It's the first time any Celtics team in the history of the Boston Celtics that a team has allowed that many three pointers. So, yeah. 23 to 8. Yeah. So this team again in the history books for the wrong reasons. Yeah, see, this is what I want. I, good, good, good call, here. Bobby. Bobby is uh c- controlling the comments th- tonight. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna let you guys run the show here for for a good portion of it, right? A lot of comments here. We're gonna get you guys through this, all right? This is gonna be therapeutic for everyone, all right? Yeah, keep, Just keep pretend, it clean. Just pretend you're on your uh, therapist couch with your feet up, all right? You were here yeah. to vent, all right? <laughs> let it all out. Get get it all out before you go to bed. You can't go to bed, you know, angry, right? Get it all out. Well,
1: if Bobby's your therapist, he's actually probably a good therapist. He's gonna tell you that everything's gonna be fine, it's gonna be okay. Know, right?
2: They're gonna go make a
1: gigantic trade and you know fix everything <laughs> and there you know all this stuff wrong. This team, and I said this yesterday. <laughs> um, I said this yesterday. You, you you're probably not good enough to even make a trade and contend. It's not worth blowing anything up at this point or Throwing all your assets at one player, or whatever you want to call it, to try to catch a team like the Nets or the Sixers, who are clearly better than you. And it doesn't it doesn't end there. There are other teams right now, many of them that are clearly better than you. I'm not even sure where they're on this Are they officially out of the playoffs picture at, at this moment, or is it? I know they're, they're down the, the
2: line. they're down the seven with the Knicks, so they're tied for seventh with yeah, the Knicks. They're like
1: one loss away from like being on the outside looking in. Not that the playoffs are starting tomorrow, but
2: it just goes I mean, to they- show
1: you where they are, I mean, they're not contenders. Their owners, their own, own owner said it today, or governor said it today. Uh, you know, we're not a contending team. When you're a game below 500, you can't consider yourself contenders. And honestly, that's the one thing they supported that he said tonight. They definitely proved his point there. They are not contenders because the effort is what really got me tonight. I mean, you just can't give up 23 three-pointers. That's just like, where is the on-ball defense? Like, where is, like, the rotations? Like, guys, come on. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you I, know, and what, I you know what. Speaking of effort, sorry, buddy. I had to cut you off, but I just want to like let's let's go to let's transition to in, and focus in on on uh, on Jason Tatum because, I mean, for someone like Jason Tatum, after everything that was said, after the performance we saw last night, did you see anything different? Like, did you even see an attempt to to switch his approach or or did? Because I don't know. Am I the only one thinking that Jason Tatum gave me the message that listen, I. It's not me, you know? I don't need to change anything about my approach. That's the message I got from Tater because nothing changed. Nothing – I saw – I didn't see anything different. Did you, Bobby? No, and the
2: defense is what continues to irk us. We've been talking about the defense since opening night, I feel like. And that was a decent one, but then they went right out in that Nets game on number two and got absolutely obliterated on that end of the floor. And it hasn't gotten much better since. I keep looking at their numbers and seeing their top ten and this and that, and I'm like – you know, this, you don't see that out there. So the whole league must be doing dreadful on defense if this defense is top 10 because they don't have it on that end. The way Brown gets burst by, I thought Tatum had a few decent quarters at the beginning of the week on Sunday and Tuesday on that end of the floor, but then it dipped late. And, uh, you know, I looked at the defensive numbers, especially in the second half for this team. They're like 26th in the third quarter and 28th in the fourth quarter in terms of defensive rating. They just fall off the map in the second quarter. I think Wick said something and we'll get to Wick's comments earlier about exhaustion and just mental fatigue and all these kind of things and that's what you do see with this team. They look worn out, they look defeated like no hope is left and what what describes that better than this game today you know it's yeah. just a, it's just a way to salvage a road trip that hasn't gone well at all you know make it, make sure it's not a complete disaster. And then get home for four straight before the all-star break and maybe end up above 500 again and and kind of reestablish yourself going forward. Now this thing is on the edge of sputtering out of control. I mean, this is seven straight losses against teams that are below 500. And that includes two of the worst teams in the league, the Hawks twice. And the Hawks are – if you watched the Hawks last night and then saw them tonight and the way they lost to the Cavs and then laid the beat down here – I mean, that just really shows you where the Celtics are in the league right now. It's about as bad as anyone. They might be the the Rockets were the most embarrassing team for a little while there with the whole Harden debacle and then how bad it was after that. I think the Celtics have kind of taken the torch in the last two weeks.
0: I think what's most frustrating about these losses is obviously the pattern of inconsistent, inconsistency on defense. But in particular, what, what pisses me off with the Celtics continuing to do is when they, they, they're down big, right? It happens in a hurry, right? They're down by 12, they're down by 15, they're down by 17. And then they just regress to what got them there in the first place, right? Poor ball movement, you know, uh, jacking up shots, six, seven seconds to the shot clock, you know, just, you know, uh, their approach is, is as, almost as if there is only two minutes left in the game, whereas it's still the first or second quarter. Like, I saw the exact same thing that we saw last night, that we saw – the game before that where they come out looking great, the ball's moving, Scott Brady mentions it, you know, it's the same thing all over again. Oh, man, they're really, you know, everyone's, you can tell the put an emphasis, is, you know, they're really spraying the ball tonight. This is, this is going to be a different game, Mike, let me tell you. And then five minutes later, <laughs> they're right back into their old patterns because it's a 12-point deficit and they're freaking out, you know. It's like the world's going to end in that first quarter. And it's, they continue to do it over and over again. So is this a confidence thing? Because at this point, I mean, obviously their confidence is is really low, but is it to the point where it's like through the stretch of the game, they're just not mentally tough enough to withstand those Correct. droughts? Or is it just these guys just need a break, and they're already looking at the All-Star break and thinking, man, can it come next week? Because we're, we're, we're done. We need a break.
1: I think you nailed a lot of those things. I mean, when I look at this, this specific Celtics team, I can't think of one – like solid, really good attribute that stands out about them. Like, like you said, they lack confidence, they lack an identity, they sure as hell lack, lack toughness. I mean, we saw a little bit of life late in that fourth quarter against the Mavericks, came up short. Luka hit those two nasty threes. Other than that, though, I've seen little, uh, you know, fight like that recently. We obviously saw none of that tonight. This was a schedule loss for them. I mean, they came into this game thinking L, and it was just an L. And you know what? At this you know point,
2: know, Jimmy, the schedule is a scheduled loss. Like the whole exactly. thing, the whole schedule. Like, yeah, Bobby, Bobby, how
0: about how about Brad before this one, right? When they're talking about the new schedule, he's just like, he's like what, "What do you? I don't know who asked him, but what do you think about the you know the the the, the second half of the schedule came yeah. out? He's just like, hey, "We play every other day, like it." Whoever yeah. we play against, it doesn't even matter, okay? We're just, it doesn't, it's an win, L. It doesn't okay? matter anymore. It's I got an Trey Young to deal with again. Like, don't I don't care about who we're playing in two weeks. Like, I need to win. This team needs to win now. And we can't stop Trey. We can't stop, you know, Zion. You, you name it. You know, the, the any of the opposing team's best player had a field day against us. And that's I'm the thing about
2: to- Brad. Like <laughs> we're gonna talk about him quite a bit later, and he's done the talk of the show for two weeks now. And there's always that thing of, oh, I would do this if I was him. I would do that. I mean, he has done everything at this point. Bench the starters in the fourth tonight. Maybe he could have done that a little earlier. I probably would have done it for the whole second half. The way this I, one had gone, would have, yeah,
0: same, agree. Um,
1: Tatum still ended up with over thirty minutes in a that's the doc. That's the
0: doc thing to do, right? We talked about that last night about how how you should punish the starters. That, that's what a doc would have done. You know, the second in half game like this, it was probably warranted. Yeah, so punish starters. That's them.
1: rewarding them. That's rewarding them at the in a game like this. You take them out at halftime. That's rewarding the starters. They should be embarrassed. They should have to play through a 30-point uh, loss like this because they're the reason behind it. At the end of the day, they come out there and put a half ass effort out there just so they can sit their ass on the bench in the second half and, and have their eyes on um, you know, the All-Star game. Listen, there are important games here throughout the season. I know that we're very far away from the playoffs, I'm not saying that Celts will be anywhere near it, but this is where you build who you are this is where you build good habits and you you know you work off what you what the limited practices you have you work up off those didn't this team just practice prior to the mavericks game weren't yeah. they didn't they yeah so a lot of freaking good that did right i mean geez, <laughs> whatever they worked on work on it harder because damn thing that they could have taken from practice tonight uh in atlanta and atlanta's coming off a game too Atlanta's coming off a tough loss. They lost at the buzzer. So don't give me any of this, you know, oh, they're tired. I mean, everyone's playing a similar amount of scheduling, similar schedules here. All the games are packed together. Everyone's traveling all over the place. These guys are young. I mean, that should be less of an excuse to be tired, right? This is supposed to be young legs. You have like three old guys on this entire team. So, So, so Josue,
2: I want to throw this at you too. Like, where did this go wrong? I remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Lakers game and we were freaking out about Smart's injury, but we weren't really all that bummed about that loss. Like, they had been competing to that point. They were kind of stuck a little bit above 500, but you thought they might figure it out. Then it just went somewhere along the last two or three weeks to complete dumpster fire mode. And it is like game after game, it just keeps getting closer and closer to a disaster here. But it really wasn't all that bad, and I keep mentioning the 8-3 and three start, and then it slipped a little bit from there, and then it just kept sliding even more. Like, what was the impetus of this? I guess it goes back to that smart injury because that was kind of the turning point.
0: Yeah, I think that was the turning point, but believe it or not, I feel like yeah. it was after that uh, terrific offensive showing, right? The 23-pointers at home against the Toronto Raptors. You know, the Toronto Raptors came out strong. The Celtics just – you saw the consistency for 48 minutes, and it wasn't just on defense, but we saw it. We saw probably their best game on both ends, right? You know, for them to put it all together like that, maybe they, it was fool's gold for them. Maybe they thought that that was a turning point and they could just ease into it. Because I think the the next game was the matinee against the Knicks, and they they they, they mopped the floor with the Celtics, right? Remember that? Yeah. And uh, Kemba, you know, was trying to ease back. Smart goes down, so I guess it was a combination of the things that a lot of teams in the NBA are dealing with. You know, to be completely to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, Kemba Walker is, is different uh, compared to other teams. But whether we're talking about schedules, whether we're talking about uh, players not being able to, you know, not, not active because of uh, COVID protocols. I mean, these are all the same curveballs that all the other teams have dealt with. And sure, there are other teams like the Miami Heat and you know other teams that are, you know, that they're not destined to fail. Uh, based on their record, but it's a little different with the Celtics because the way they're going about this, like they're losing against teams that they shouldn't be losing against, or at least they shouldn't be doing it throughout this stretch, right? This was supposed to be the quote-unquote easy stretch, right? This was supposed to be the chance for the Celtics to catch up on wins before the All Star break and and see where they stand. And all of a sudden, they're like way outside of top five, and we don't even know where they're going to land. Top you five,
1: know. top five.
0: That would be that would be great for them right now right <laughs> they need a two game like they need a two game winning streak to get into top 5 again right <laughs> like that's, man when's the next I, time when's the last time we saw a two gamer right from this, from this team Listen,
1: this this not the january
0: january yeah, like right january almost, last year almost
1: probably one one before, the, or
0: something like that
1: right i mean again to me it, i i always look for you know what's the attitude look like on the team? What are the players? How are the players acting? Their their mannerisms, their body language out there, and I just see a bunch of flat players with no life in them. I don't know if it's just the grind of the season or or what. Um, but again, I said this yesterday: fans and media and everyone else can say, you know, fire Brad, fire Brad. That's not gonna have any effect really on what Wick or Danny Ainge decide to do with Brad. The only player going players who have, have that effect starts with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If they put performances together like they did leading the team today, then yeah, Brad Brad's going to end up being gone. They're they're not there's not going to be any choice because there's a disconnect there. There's a tuning out. I'm saying if it continues down this trend, they're they're the only people that can save Brad's job at the end of the day. If they have his back, great. If they don't, all right, then then we know where they're at with him. So that's how it always happens with these with these firings. It's not like oh fire brad because they're losing a bunch of games it's it's is he capable of raising this team to the level that it needs to be at or are these players basically have they reached a point where they're not really listening they're not grasping they're not interested in what he has to say or or what the coaching staff as a whole really has to say because at some point that does happen so it's not well, really
0: is this team tuning brad out was 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 Gary Washburn on to something was he you know was he ahead of this thing what what do you think i mean like honestly because you know not just in in you know when we're talking about the the stars right because that's what everyone's we we talked about it a lot last night you know the, the stars are the ones that are going to call or or decide Brad Stevens' fate right but as the team as a whole do, do you think it's easier for other guys to sort of do you think it's starting getting to a point where they're tuning him out because they're not quite sure they're in the rotation anymore or are they saying oh this is this is all Jason and Jalen's team so you know I'm not even really into you know just the, let me know when I got to go in and, and, and play my 10 to 12 minutes you know Brad and, and I going to check out like is there is there a chance that, that that's
2: happening here well I always think there's going to be a sense that players role players particularly know their hierarchy on the team like I don't for think sure. the Grant Williams and some of of the world are that concerned that Tatum and Brown are trying to do all of this, or pressing too hard, or anything like that. I mean, they've been well, Tatum to be in and the Brown right now. Yeah, Tatum and Brown. This has been Tatum and Brown's team for a little bit They better do everything.
1: Now. They better do everything. They better be taking the balls out to the bus. To
2: yeah, but I, I said last night, start to take a longer look at Tatum here. He's avoided the criticism for much of this year. There's been heat on Brad. It's been heat on Ainge, but at some point your top players have to come through and take games like this one in particular, just by being all stars and being all NBA guys in this league, their efforts alone should be able to get by in these games. I think John said something that effect that like a a sign of a good team is winning when you're playing like crap. And Mm -hmm. usually we've seen the Celtics in recent years underperform in games like this and still be able to find ways to scratch it out, take a win, even if it's a narrow one, even if it's harder than it needs to be. But to now go into these games that should be easily winnable—I mean, we've talked about soft spots in the schedule or places where they can pick up wins. None of that feels like it now. Like I had the Celtics winning this one, but I really was like, do they? Do I des- Do they deserve for me to pick them against anyone at this point? Like whether it's the Wizards or the Hawks or whoever. Like the there's way they're playing within themselves.
0: There's definitely a pissed off uh, a Celtics fan who's who's losing a lot of money out there. Some.
2: it's like (laughs) game after game after game you're like oh they can't lose another one can they and that's the feeling i had here going into this one like the hawks were very banged up here they were missing another starter and um and cam reddish on top of what they were already missing last week devastating loss on yesterday they're on a back-to-back i know the celtics have lost four straight now without kemba but like maybe a little more from pritchard or this teague start again the Teague start that we have to go through. It's just I don't
1: hate that. I don't hate that because you want to talk about fresh legs and a guy that you know coming off the second and back to back. And Teague, honestly, I know people in the chat don't want to probably talk about it. He wasn't awful. He wasn't first or second. You know, reliable guy tonight. I thought Nee Smith was another guy who who played well in in stretches and he actually shot well. So maybe he should consider shooting more often. I don't know. Tristan, probably like what his
2: job is out there. Can we give Tristan a little bit of credit? I know he's limited. But look at the way he's fighting out there. 13 and 13, all over the boards. I mean, something's yeah. missing there. But he is giving it everything he has at this point. He's turned it up to another level. Yeah, I see Don't say he's
1: turned it up to another level. What level? 13 like, and 13? Like, like, level five? Like, what level has he turned it
2: up to? Jimmy and John. You're going to need extra because you're going to have to channel John here on Thompson. But... <laughs> yeah, are right. you guys? Are you guys waiting for twenty and twenty from him? Like, what's it gonna be? Thirty and thirty? thirteen and thirteen uh, is a fantastic uh, game.
0: While we're talking about the bigs, can we can we throw uh, an enormous amount of shade for Grant Williams for that Trey for that tray oh. Young? Oh Do we
1: have that? I wish we had that. We could just throw it up here. I mean, uh, is that uh, not- talk bad
0: stuff. enough? Second year in the NBA. Jeez,
1: dude, that that like sums up like the whole experience. I feel like this season. It really does with him it's like a microcosm of the season yeah, I, I, I mean
0: action to it too like you know he's looking at grant you know <laughs> trey's just like i had to man you just it was too easy like, you just like you
1: grant seems like you know he's a smart guy right i mean how many times have we all seen the highlight reel or the mixtape where somebody just does exactly that like you yeah. just can't completely turn your back to the inbounder like in yeah. what league in what league has ever gotten away with that? I mean, Rec League, when you're in fifth grade, kids will do that
0: to you. Like,
1: how do you do that? It's not, like, come on, Grant. Like,
0: yeah. and you know, help, help us Rondo help team. you, man. We don't want to so have to talk about that. That's a Rondo team. That's, yeah, Rondo
1: probably was like, yo, Rondo probably put that in the playbook before the game.
0: Oh, Rondo has like Rondo school for all the guards. They have to say <laughs> yeah. for it for a while. Sure, young
1: years. is le- learning a Every lot, I'm
0: sure, this season. Oh, yeah. Trey Young has his notebook going. Like, are you kidding me? That, that's, the, that's the relationship that I think, you know, out of everyone, Trey's going to benefit the most out of that, whether it's one year or two years. However long oh. he's there, he's going to milk that for what it's worth.
1: Because he's already got the shot. He doesn't need Rondo, thankfully, exactly. for the shot. He just needs he just, Rondo for the smarts. Exactly. He needs
0: the smarts, the tricks, you know, the ins and outs, you know, you know, that Rondo Man. stuff.
1: Keeping it with the bigs. Bobby wants to in, Thompson. Fine, I'll let you. I'll let you get your Thompson talking because John's not here and you'll never get it in L- otherwise. <laughs> so that's fine. But our guy Rob, another game, another fourteen minutes. Oh,
2: here we go. It just another
1: honestly, I'm
2: not.
1: I'm not even mad. I can't even get mad about it anymore because I'm going to get sick. My doctor said you just can't keep getting mad about the same thing over and over again. So I'm going to take his advice because it just is what it is at this point. I guess. I mean. I don't know what it would take. You wanna talk about Jimmy, what's it gonna take for you and John to be happy with with Tom with Thompson? What it take? Where am I? Oh okay. Doing a little doing a little something. I was about to watch okay. Let's watch this. There it is. Okay. <laughs> we're
0: we're, got, adding we're some doing stuff, the uh right? what's the we're Katie, Smith, Did we get
2: here? that? Yeah. The little uh the the what do we call that, Joe Sway? Off the I mean, back like, what on the inbounds. I don't even yeah. know, man. I guess. I mean, literally, Trey.
1: that's what it's called. I guess. <laughs> play it one it more. Doesn't one. happen
2: one. enough for there to
0: be a name. Play it should one. be right. called. Let's run it back.
1: We call that it so GW. Fast. We call it dub now. We call it the I didn't realize how
0: bad it was until the replay. It happened so fast.
1: Oh my god! I mean, what are you looking at, buddy? Like, like
0: by the time he knew what, by the time he realized what happened, Trey was running back I, the other way.
1: It's like you're, you're not even covering anybody. You're just standing
0: out <laughs> in, the, in the abyss. Why? Why is his back to the inbounder? No, he tap. You know, he turned as just someone tapped his shoulder. He's just like, oh, "What's up, man?" <laughs> like he just turned around, like, "What's
2: up?" I mean, no one's no one's even looking at Young. How do you know where the ball is going or what's going on? But if you're not looking at the inbounder, that's the job like, of covering the inbounder. Literally, ever, not one player,
1: not one player right now is looking at the inbounder on the Celtics.
2: I mean, nope.
0: Oh. Okay, oh, good. This, this
2: defense is, is, this is more shade than I than I
0: thought. We that was great. A lot enough. of shit.
2: Right. This defense anyway. is another level of embarrassing. How are they seventh in the league? I mean, what are the other teams doing?
0: Because I don't know. every once in a while, we should do that. We should do like our own little like like Shakton almost. <laughs>
1: oh oh no, man!
0: Other right, seventh well- in the league,
1: they're not. Don't let the numbers fool you. You just trust your eyes. That's all you gotta do. Sometimes people in these numbers, they get too caught up in them. Just, just, just. You see it. You see the issues out there, right? No. So, that's why I see Rob Williams making an impact when he's out there. And I say, why is he only getting like 12, 14 minutes a game? What's it going to take? Never mind what's it going to take for me to be impressed with Thompson. What's it going to take for Brad to give Rob more minutes? What's it going to take? All right. What's so gonna- I don't
2: want to do this whole thing again because we did it yesterday. On a minute restriction,
0: Jimmy, right? He's on a minute restriction.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I don't want do to do it either. I don't want to do it I just want to bring up the fact that it's just another game, yeah. another 14 minutes, and we'll move on from it.
0: You could have I mean,
2: don't say When you lose by 20, or 25, unless or Unless the conspiracy is continuing, Jimmy, and he, he's now matching the number game after game so he can cover up from his past mistakes of not playing <laughs> I mean, come on. He's so always down a minutes restriction. He's go- I respect you know I mean? he's going down with this
1: one. He's going to make sure.
2: He would have gone full run in that fourth quarter if he was able to go. I, and I, I had talked to someone who said there were a few moments like where he looked like he was laboring on uh, – in yesterday's game, in particular, I didn't get to go back and look at those, but see,
0: it's um, in people's heads now.
2: You, you know, Brad planted bullshit.
1: that. <laughs> yeah, this is Brad's final <laughs>
2: conspiracy on his way out. Yeah, oh man! Kidding. No. Anyway. Um, else uh, you guys anything off? All
0: right, anything? Listen. I was What's gonna up?
2: say anything more off this game because that's kind of
0: it for me. No, yeah, that's exactly what. See, we're on the same we're on the same page here. Yeah, let's, let's I mean let keep, keep it
1: disappointing. I mean, we talk about rock bottom. Is it, is this the new rock? Are we just going to keep going lower and lower? Is this the new one now? And like until the next game or, or what? Like,
0: I, I'm not even sure, Jimmy, but I get the feeling that I don't see like a winning streak coming on here. Right. Maybe they win one, they lose two, but some sort of thing like that until the all-star break, but either way, bigger picture. Let's talk about what happened this morning, because while I was uh sipping my first copy of coffee of the day, Mike Gorman was ripping this team a new one, man. Mike Gorman was swearing. <laughs> he was acting like he doesn't like like, like he was on a boomer rage. He dropped the BS and then he said it again. Like, yeah, because this is like I was like, okay, he's mad. He's mad, mad. Like that's he, he, that's he, angry, he's And and yeah, he's, he's big mad. And it wasn't just about the Celtics. it was about the two all-stars. What'd you guys make of that? Calling, calling them out, saying that pretty much they care more about their stats than they care about uh, making this team better or making their teammates better. Rather,
2: what do you think, Babo? It was fair. I, again, I have said through all of this, everybody's warranted a criticism <clears throat> here. Now, I don't think any of these players and actors that we've criticized and uh, blasted at certain times should be thrown out the door, fired, uh, traded, these kind of things, but. I, in particular, have eyed Tatum the last few games. And it feels mm-hmm. like he is losing trust in the system, um, in their ability to win these games. I mean, 32 minutes tonight, one assist. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. And that's what Gorman was talking about in particular, the assist numbers, the assist rate of this team, the ball movement, the percentage of makes that are coming off assists. I think it was about 40 to like 19 tonight in the end maybe a couple more because the bench hit a bunch of shots down the stretch and that honestly probably pumped up their assist numbers as a team the way that bench played the final 50, uh, 12 minutes so I don't see the ball movement out of those two it feels like they're stalking the ball more than ever I give Brown credit because there's at least downhill action transition again early in this game I thought his aggression was needed offensively but defensively I don't see what I need to from Brown and that's half the battle that we're talking about right now so those two in particular definitely have not set a good standard for this team but I also think the weight that's been put on them has been particularly unfair with this condensed schedule with some of the ailments that Brown's gone through I know Wick mentioned the COVID situation with Tatum that he's had to go through at this point so I don't look at these guys like some of the harshest critics have said and said they're selfish they're in it for themselves uh, they're blowing off this team at this point because that's not who they've been in the past I think they're both just going through the first crisis of their careers, frankly, when we look back on it. I mean, 2019 was bad, but there were never any crisis moments until the playoff ending there. Um, And then on top of that, the fatigue, uh, the ailments, the physical wear and tear of the amount of stuff they're being asked to do. So I think there's a larger context to why they're playing the way they are right now. I don't think they've said, screw this, we quit. Um, But it's not good. The results are all the same in the end.
1: Yeah. I, I, I appreciated what, what Gorman said. I thought there was a lot of truth to it um,
2: from him. The voice was powerful from him, coming from, from. from yeah. him
1: of all people. I mean, geez, right. you, you know, but, and he's seen a lot of Celtics basketball. He's seen a lot of good teams and a lot of bad teams. And I think he has a good finger on, on the pulse of, you know, the sort of bones of a team, you know, he doesn't just come out and shoot from the hip. You know, I think he forms a lot of, you know, educated opinions, and he probably talks to people and just has a good idea of you know where this team is at. And a lot of the stuff he said was true. I mean, yeah, one on one, these guys are two of the more talented players, statistically speaking. You can make the, they're you know all stars. I listen. We talked about a few a few games ago. We saw a situation where both of them weren't going to make the team, which you know, of course, they they did. Uh, but a guy like Trey Young was snubbed, right? I mean, a guy like Sabonis, who they're going to see Friday, was snubbed. They made the All Star All Star team, but they're going up against players who are actually playing like All Stars and playing like they want to win, not playing just to fill up the stat sheet. And by the way, these guys aren't really necessarily filling up the stat sheet. I mean, they're trying, but the way that they're playing right, <laughs> the way that yeah. they're playing right now is horrible. But on the other end, it kind of goes back to okay, well, who are they playing with out there? When you see Tatum taking 20 shots or Brown taking 20 shots, it's like. Who else do you want to take in those shots when Kemba sits and smarts out? There's not a whole lot of other options. Yeah, we want Neesmith to take more than zero shots like he did against Dallas. But in terms of go-to guys, I think these, these guys like Tatum and Brown are thinking, well, you know, I'm not necessarily super confident that you know player Y over here to my left is going to be in the right position or is going to make the right decision or hit the shot. So I'm going to go ahead and trust myself to, to do it for right or wrong. Um, it's not good team basketball, as Mike said, um, which I totally agree with. And it's why they're losing, because it is a superstar league, but you're only going to go as far as, you know, the depth guys are going to get you. If it's just two on five out there, it's a numbers game. You know, you, obviously you're not going to – you're not talented enough to compete like that. So
0: Right.
1: It's interesting. Though.
0: You are, all right. Maybe it's a little too early for this, but it's already there for me. Uh, either one of you starting to think that maybe these two are just having a tough time playing with each other? The well, same court. Like, I don't know. I think when Kemba's not there, it makes things difficult in the sense that they don't have someone to sort of play off of and and, and open opportunities off the ball, and obviously another scoring threat, another uh, you know perimeter threat, another uh, player that teams have to go out and, and defend, and obviously going to make things easier for for two uh, scorers like like Jalen and Jason. But I don't know, man. I mean, like between between Jalen's post game comments and Jason's uh body language there's some sort of disconnect mm-hmm. and i'm thinking these two need to like just have a sit down hash it out and really just on some like grown man shit you know what i mean like just like listen we're gonna do this we are gonna do that and reel the team in and just really dig into these guys but do either one of you even can you either one of you even envision either one of them doing something like that it's just not their personality right it's just not who they are so what are we talking about here then who ha- someone has to do that And if it's not them, they have to be at least someone that initiates it or is part of that process. Because you're the two best players on the team. The team is struggling, you know, under 500. They have Mm -hmm. to be the ones to wake this team up, and they have to do it in a way that they've never done it before.
1: Well, that's that's all goes with leadership. I mean, these guys want to be want to be the leaders, right? I mean, they want you know they get the credit when the team's playing well. Um, They got to take the criticism when the team's playing bad, but they can't go up after a loss and no comment, the press conference or give, you know, you know, answers that, you know, totally just disregard the question. It, it That's part of being a leadership. You might not like it. You might not want to deal with the media or deal with, you know, everything that it comes with being a superstar player, but your team's relying on you on the court and off the court to lead them and set the example. So that's the one thing that I, I actually thought Jalen Brown would be a perfect leader because of, you know, I think he's just a strong strong character you know on and off the court and i i see a lot of leadership qualities in him which is why i've been surprised at some of the way he's handled some of the post game uh, and some of the way he's some of the way he's you know looked on the court like you know bobby yeah. mentioned with the defensive side of things so i am a little surprised to see that i don't know if they're frustrated with each other just frustrated with themselves or the situation i have no reason to believe that they can't play together i'm not going to go that far um yeah. I, right. I don't,
0: I, don't I I think it's like I don't know if they, they just they're having trouble with it, you know, and they just it's they better just,
1: figure it out because you know I'm right like they, they are gonna have to play with each other. You know what I mean? Like they're not going anywhere, so they better learn to play with each other. I don't know if they're super close friends. I, I'm not saying they are or they aren't. I don't know. I mean I'm I don't, I don't think don't, they are, Jimmy. I mean, I mean, it. I face don't think it, they are either, but I don't I know
0: hear, if that matters. I want to hear what you what would you have to say about this, Bobby, because you know, listen, I mean not for nothing, you know, three years together through the ups and downs. These two have been through a lot. And I was a little surprised that Jason Tatum wasn't a little more like, I mean, it's tough. It's after a loss. Obviously, you're not, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to start this presser by saying, hey, congrats to my teammate Jalen. But I don't know. I just felt like it was sort of like, yeah, you know, he deserves it. Good for him. You know, I was a little surprised there wasn't more, I don't know. At, at for, Coming from someone that's been there, you know, first all-star selection. And we talked about it a little bit last episode, but Jason Tatum, to me, he, he hasn't been, he's, he was a different person since that day, since he was announced as an all-star to me. And he, he's he been that same guy. He's taken that next level in the way he condones and carries himself. But I, I just expect a little, a little more of props for, for Jalen. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it feels like there's some indecision about how to go about this in terms of pulling the team out of this hole. I think we've seen certain games with these guys where they've deferred a little more. Other ones where they say, "All right, this needs to be on all in us," because we don't, frankly, have a ton of help here. And then they go all in. I think, in particular, this game was one of those situations where they try to go all in and save the day. We saw those situations with Kyrie back in the day that got frustrating when he lost faith in teammates and you know tried to take it all on himself. And these guys are more physically capable of doing that than Kyrie was. It was it was tough to watch Kyrie do that, his size and stature, because. He's not a guy who's going to plow down people and go to the rim and do those things. Tatum and Brown have been able to do that at certain points throughout the season. Now, when it comes to the press conferences and off the court and stuff like that, they are a little light on the, you know, both positive reinforcement and the blasting and criticism and call-outs that we look for at certain points from your top players. Like, they're not choosing either one of those directions. It's kind of just more of, like, an even-keeled Approach. Like, let's just move on to the next one, see what happens there. Uh, you know, try not but, to get too emotional. And who it's does not that working. remind
1: you of? Who does that remind you of?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it kind of stems from, I think the team as a whole does kind of take on the demeanor of the coach. You're right. I mean, now what do you say about that? What do you do off that? I don't know. But it is a fair point. It is a good observation that this team doesn't have a ton of fighter to them, they they really don't. And that's what they no, need they right now. They have no
1: attitude. They have no attitude. Back in the uh, not too long ago, when like guys like Jay Crowder were on the team, not to bring, not to be like, oh, like bring Brad Crowder, but Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, those players, they, they had a, they, a they had like part junkyard part dog part mentality. Part like they, part. they knew that people were like undervaluing them, or they were the underdogs, and they went on there, they fought hard, and they punched you in the mouth, and they didn't win all the time, but they had a lot of games where they upset teams, and. They went deep into the playoffs when everyone would think they weren't going to. And this team is starting to take the shade of like shape of like uh, like a front running a front runner team, right? A team that just wants you to lay down and, it, and it, like like the like Tatum and Brown just assume that oh it's our team now, like and everyone thinks that we're you know we're coming up of Eastern Conference Finals, like here we go. But it's like no, it's you need to actually fight for it. You need to have an attitude. You need to punch back. Like so many times they get punched first and then they just don't punch back or a team will punch them halfway through the game. And that'll be it. They'll slowly bleed out. Like we saw against
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: New Orleans.
2: So I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good transition point to talk about Brad. And that was obviously the topic today. Um, you know, you, you got to listen to that whole interview, right? Just I did. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. So we all heard that earlier from wick. Basically the big headline out of it, if you had to pick one is that Brad's not going anywhere. If you believe him. um, and every there was some other interesting stuff in there but the big question everybody's been yeah well i think we all kind of assumed Ainge was safe and not going anywhere um but brad's come in the question fairly in the last few weeks and yes the very top the guy who's ultimately going to make this decision is brad safe and i think this is uh where we can officially decide that he's not going anywhere this season now after the year we'll see but there's not going to be a firing over the weekend, like John predicted in the group chat. I mean, we're just not going to see that here. Um, <laughs> but what else did that say to you when it comes to Stevens? Like, was it a ringing endorsement, or was it just kind of a eh, "we'll uh, we'll keep him around"?
0: Oh, it's a ringing endorsement. It's it's a message to not only the fans but to the players. Like, if you if that didn't even crossed your mind, no, no, figure it out, guys, because he's not going anywhere. And obviously, that's an extreme, right? I mean. I don't think he did it as in like I need to get the message out because Brad is worried. No, I think he did it as a, more of a maybe a, a, something to motivate the players, something to obviously uh, tame the the fans because it, it's have you have either one of you remember where it's reached this point that this, the fan base was calling for Brad to be fired. I mean, we They're saw a bit, we saw They're a little speaking. bit of it last year after after the playoffs after they you know were bounced out of the Eastern Conference Finals, but not not to this extent.
2: They're speaking to the fans and media. I mean there's been that yeah, sense yeah. that there's been that sense that, oh, this is a message to the team. I I, I kind of laugh when John brought up the Ainge comments a few weeks ago in the Herald and Gro- Globe as if these guys are reading the Herald and Globe or listening to 98.5, no less. <laughs> like this is this is hey, to I the legit. fans, this is to the this is to the media at large here, people like us, like sending a message to Uh, the wider audience here for of this team that Stevens isn't going anywhere, despite the heat, despite the calls for it. And I think that's the right move. Now you're right, Jimmy. Criticism is due. I've always said that Uh, the fire, I think could come from a different place, you know, a a veteran coming in here an assistant possibly added, you know what the Hawks did this year that hasn't had a huge impact on them, but has moved their defense a little bit is bringing in Nate McMillan as an assistant, and their coach, Lloyd Pierce, has been criticized. I actually said he might be the next to go of all the coaches here in the NBA if this spiral continues in Atlanta and they don't get the playoff picture because McMillan's behind him. And so that's the kind of thing I would look at with the Celtics, and that's another thing you can't really do mid-year. But maybe before the season, I've said, let's bring in a different kind of voice, a different personality here, or at least someone to just compliment Brad and you know bring a different style of leadership in there. I know they kind of tried to do that with Evan Turner, we really haven't even heard from Evan Turner all year, have we? Like that was just kind of like a training camp spectacle. And then like it's, it's faded away and hasn't had too much of an impact.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what, what his role is. I'm, I'm sure he's involved to some capacity, but to the point where he's affecting, you know, player mentality out there, I'm not sure. Listen, I love the idea of bringing in, you know, former player assistant coaches who work with a certain group of players. I mean, I've been saying that, I said that they should do that for Rob specifically. I was like, get somebody like KG, and I always use that name. But KG, I highly doubt is interested in you know doing that right right now in in his life. But a player that has been there, done that, you know, com- com- competitor uh, that can you know take a player or two under his wing, like basically like what Rondo's doing for Trey Young right now, except Rondo's still good enough to play. Like you kind of need some players like that to give some guidance and some leadership that a coach. As smart as, and ha- as smart as he is and as great of a guy as he is, might not be able to get through to a player because maybe he can't relate on every level. Right. I mean, he's, let's be honest, you know, Brad Stevens is a great basketball mind, but he, he you know, I'm sure that there are things that he doesn't comprehend that a player might be able to, you know, understand more, right. From player to player, uh, NBA player to NBA player, not a knock on Brad. That's just the way it is. But I, I just think that there are things like that, that you could point to. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I
2: agree so with Ryan, you that So, sure. Ryan, Josue, Ryan said this, and I always respect his opinion, but I disagree with him occasionally, and this is one where I disagreed with him, where he said, and we went over this a little bit in the group chat, is Stevens really an elite coach? And, like, uh, he's had the slip-ups over the last few years, the East Finals last year, 2019 certainly, and now there's a major slip on his part. But you earn your reputation – You you pile up accomplishments over eight years. TNT showed the graphic the other day. He's like the fifth highest tenured coach in the league. And that's just not – that's not because Ainge has been sitting around or unwilling to make a move on him or he's just had this, you know, unearned seniority here that hasn't been challenged just because of complacency. I mean, he has earned all this uh, time that he's gotten as coach here and all the achievements that they piled up. And I know – you laugh at these finals because it's the Celtics, but that's that was a mark of consistency, and it was a mark in some years of overachieving, 2017 and 18 particularly.
0: Yeah, no question. And when you look at his personality, but you can't rest on your laurels, boys. Well, we talked about it last, Yeah, night. but
2: you don't get fired for one year. I guess you can say two years if you
0: loop this in with 19 compared the, to the, the co- bigger picture. It's the What's combination the tw- of the personality. So many different personalities, and the, the results were almost identical right throughout those years throughout that span and yeah of course 2017 you can say to a certain extent they they overachieve but to be the one the last team standing before you know LeBron had to go ahead and go to the NBA finals that we you know everyone knew that was going to be the next step but to be in his way that many times I think speaks volumes for for the kind of coach that Brad is and and for what he's able to do I, I still think he's in the top tier I, I don't think anyone or most people wouldn't refute that I just think this whole, oh, he's the next Popovich, the whole I think and that that wasn't, you know, a lot of people were feeling that way, that it was sort of just given to him and that it was a little too pre it was premature that he hadn't reached the NBA finals yet. So I think, I think it's a combination of people who who went from, you know, calling him the top two, top three best coach in the NBA, who were saying, all right, maybe he's top five, top six, and some people call him that light little fall. They're thinking it's way more you know like he slipped all the way down the i don't think that's the case
1: well so listening to wick today i wasn't surprised at all i, I think i even said yesterday wick, wicks you know when it comes to like loyalty he's a pretty loyal owner right i mean he's he stick sticks by you know whether it's the front office whether it's coaches
2: how um, hot did it get with doctor in those years because i wasn't covering them back then like was it this it, level it, it,
1: yes Bobby, they had the prior to the trades. They had the worst season, like you could ever imagine. I mean, it was fire Doc every single day at the <laughs> arena on the airwaves And Wick Grossbeck literally said, "I'm not. You know, we're sticking with Doc. We believe in Doc. We 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 love Doc, and we want him to continue to coach this team. If he's not going to fire Doc during that season, they had no idea that they were going to trade for Cameron Garnett. Yeah, but and that Ray was, and like that was after
0: after Rondo went down, though, right, Jimmy? Like. Up until that point, they weren't. There were a few games above five hundred, but they weren't. They weren't like this, right?
1: Pierce, Pier- no, Pierce. Pierce was, you know, pretty much done. Like
0: yeah, that I know. That was the thing though, because Rondo was was almost carrying those guys. So when Rondo went down, it was like wow. But then, you know, Pierce well, went the, into like, point guard Pierce for like a, a couple of weeks, and they were they were holding themselves up a bit. It seemed like they were right. going to be all right, and then they just the the last. 10, 15 games, they went complete 500. And,
1: oh, they yeah. sucked. That was an awful year. I'm telling you. Yeah. So what's that, that,
0: what's that tell us about now? Like, it, is there it, anything it
1: says there? Wick, it, it just tells me that Wick's, Wick respects, you know, he respects Brad way too much to fire him during the season. Just like he respected Doc, Doc way too much to consider firing him. Um, and Doc was, at that point, way less credentialed as a head coach. He You know, he was fired at in, in um, Orlando. And there really wasn't a, other than him being a really great guy and players liked him. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to hang your hat on. I think he had a actually. I think he had a, a good
0: oh six oh seven season. I thought you were talking about the last year of P- of Pearson Garnett. No, no, be- no. this was before. Yeah, six oh seven. Oh, yeah, dude, this is way worse. I mean, that was way worse. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's how bad it was. But like, even <laughs> then, like Wick was like, "I'm gonna stick by my guy. Like, he's not yeah, getting fired, gotcha. so of course okay. he's gonna say that about Brown. I'm not surprised. Like, I, I, and I agree. Like. You don't fire a coach in this situation. You don't fire a coach. It has to be an extreme circumstance for you to fire a coach midseason. And this isn't that. And I don't even know if they'll consider it in the off-season Because like Wick said, he knows that if, if if Brad or Ainge went, they would be, you know, an extremely hot commodity.
2: <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be something for Brad? I'll,
1: I'll say We're... this, though. That's not a reason to keep a guy just because you know somebody else will take him. That's not a reason to. But he's yeah. making the point that, you know, there's still a lot to – like about having Ainge and Brad on your side. And he's not willing to put that in jeopardy right now. So we'll see, there's a lot of basketball to play. So, I mean, a a lot of that can change.
0: Well, Wick is Wick and and it's it's interesting because before they, when they